You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined this week by Justin Davis, Greg Miller, and Dan Stapleton. Greeting noise. We've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk about the console wars, although maybe not the one you're thinking about. Uh, Or maybe it is. Oh, doctor. <laughs> We're going to talk about Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, but first, we have reached the end of February 2014, which means it's time to pick a Game of the Month. Yeah. Next week, IGN will be selecting its Game of the Month. Let's talk about the contenders. We know who the contenders are, right? The, gun- the games that are in the running? Yes. They would be Banished, Bravely Default, Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc. I believe it's called Danganronpa. Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. Threes, and The Last of Us Left Behind. Wait, what was the... Oh, you, those were two separate games. Tropical Freeze, comma, Threes. Yes. Comma. <laughs> Donkey Kong, you know Tropical Freeze, Threes. <laughs> when Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong get a kid sister, Threes <laughs> Company 2. Donkey Kong, tra- Tropical Threes. Uh, I'm able to go through these uh, alphabetically. I'm, Justin, you've been playing out a lot of Banished. Yeah, I was sort of the champion of Banished in the office, although several people, I know Dan, you're digging it too, and Jared Petty likes Dan it. Dan be digging it. Oh, here we go. Dan yeah. digging it. Dan diggity digging it. <laughs> Please just talk about the game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going to laugh at it, Greg. No. 
Uh, it's a city building game. It's kind of like the Settlers. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I like about it, but one of the biggest things I like about it is that it's peaceful. Like it's really, really hard. Like they'll die of starvation or get diseases, or you won't have enough firewood to survive through the winter. So it's but not... they'll starve peacefully. Right. So it's not an easy game, but I mm. like that you're not like building up an army or sure. some like element of like invasion. Like it's mainly just trying to sort of build up your town and keep these people alive and use sort of the natural resources uh, to your advantage. Uh, it's, it's a resource chain simulator. Yeah. Now, Greg is a big SimCity fan, right? You so, would totally like this. Yeah, this I got excited about it when I heard about it. I haven't gotten the chance to download it yet. I've been busy. And it's this, a is, lot, this is one of those games, sorry, this is one of those games that kind of sprung up yeah. uh, in the opposition to, to the new SimCity that EA put out that yeah. had some issues. And it does a lot of the things that, that SimCity claimed to do mm-hmm. uh, on, a, on a much larger scale. This keeps it small, like you've got between you know, 10 and like 500 uh, settlers like on it the high It does get end. up to over a thousand. Right. Yeah. So you, you if can, you're good enough, Dan. And I am not. Um, <laughs> but it, it does it does you know do the individual person tracking, and they've all got inventories they carry around. They've all got wants and needs they exactly. need to satisfy. It's more like Tropico or a Dwarf Fortress or a, we play Prison Architect, and mm-hmm. it's, it's actually pretty similar to that. In that, if you like say, okay, I need to build a home here. The game just doesn't build the home. You have to have workers that then go gather the materials, then they go build the home. So you're kind of like a little bit more hands-off and just telling them like what to do instead of actually like plopping a building and building it yourself like a game like SimCity. Um, it's awesome. Like I like that your villagers get old and die and have kids, and that's how your population grows. Like they don't fake the population at all. Um, so you start with just these four families, and that'll grow into like over a thousand people, really sort of naturally and organically. And and a lot of incest. There is weird. We talked about this on the last game scoop, but like two, like if you build a new home, the game will automatically pick like two people to move into that home. And like there was once like a twelve and thirteen year old just living in this home. They had a baby. He was like it's modern times. No, but she was a tailor. He worked in the mines. (laughs) What was their life expectancy? Thirty five. They got to get to it. They don't have any time to waste. Yeah, (laughs) it's made by just one dude. Is that what you said? Right. And so I mean that's not really a consideration for game of the month. Like we'll pick the best game, but just. On a personal level, I think it's incredibly impressive that one dude made this entire game, like top to bottom himself. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and usually when you hear those, you know, one man made this right. g- things, it's like, well, yeah, one guy is like the only like actual staff developer, but he con- subcontracts a sure. bunch of stuff out. He, like one right. guy doing the art and the programming is really unusual. And the sound and everything. Mm. I like the game runs really well, even on my laptop that's getting a little bit older. And like a lot of the weird little fiddly things that I don't like about, like building roads, for example, in SimCity was a nightmare. And I don't know how like a tiny indie game like this gets pathing and roads better than a giant game like SimCity. Well, but it does. Like yeah. its roads are very, very simple. They're very simple, but like it just works the way that you would expect it to. Like, oh, is it going to be a problem to like put a road along this river? Like, no, nope, but just figures it out. Like yeah. the game's really slick and sort of easy to control and use and play. But that, that said, like I jumped in without having uh, fiddled with the tutorial. And I'm like, oh, I, I watched Justin play this a little bit. I get the I idea. I got this. No. Nope. I couldn't even figure out how to, how to collect resources. No, it was everyone a, it was will starve and die. You, you do want to go through that tutorial. Yeah. Well, we gave Banished an 8.3 yeah. here at IGN. And we've talked about Bravely Default a whole lot mm-hmm. here on GameCube. Everybody seems to agree that game is awesome. Again, I saw you playing it the other day. Yeah, you I'm, I'm, I'm just not a big like, JRPG guy. Yeah. Like, Leave. I do. <laughs> No, it's like I, I actually like the mechanics. Uh, a lot of the the kind of very Japanese aesthetic throws me off. I can't, I can't really get invested in those worlds mm, or characters, mm. so it's it's hard for me to to get into that type of game. We gave Bravely Default an eight point six. We uh, I just got a copy of Bravely Default, but I need a bigger SD card to download. That it. happened to me too. <laughs> so, I had to order one off Amazon. Yeah, so mine's on its way from Amazon. Yeah, and uh, so I can't speak to it firsthand, but I know that one of the things that some of the people in the office love about it is that it sort of streamlines the things that are just a pain in mm-hmm. JRPGs, like. 
you can, the random battle rate, you can crank it down to zero. So if mm. you're like, look, I just want to advance the story, I'm going to I'm 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 plan my battles. Well, sure. I mean, if you like, don't like. There's just situations where you're like, oh, I just want to make it to town. Right. I, I just gotta go over there and buy this, save this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or I just need to save my game. Or if you're like deep in a dungeon, you realize you're not gonna make it. Like, crank the random battles to zero, and you can walk right back out. And there's no real reason not to do that. Like, I don't know why a game wouldn't give you that right. control over it. Um, and I know it does like really innovative stuff with street passing to you know give the game this sort of cool innovative use there too. So um, I'm totally looking forward to jumping into it. Now, our own Colin Moriarty. Has been singing the praises of Danganronpa. Danganronpa. Trigger happy havoc. The Danganronpa over there! <laughs> yeah, Phoenix Wright mashup with some JRPG tendencies. Yeah. Sounds like fun to me. I, for the I, know, I know Mitch was not digging that. Really? Mitch, yeah, Mitch tweeted about it last night that he, he, didn't, he, he was not, not enjoying himself. does not care for the writing. Like, it, like he, he likes the premise, which is uh, like a murder mystery. Right. Um, and it, it, it sounds really interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot, although it, it does seem like it has that very Japanese aesthetic that yeah, exactly. may, that may turn to me you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, you know, it, it sounds like a really cool idea. With the, Yeah, all with these the different stuff. kids are put into this school. They each have a special ability. Like, you know, this is the best person at this. This is the best person at that. Like this. X-Men? Similar, yes, 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 I think so. I don't know if they all have mutant abilities. I believe some of them are just like, I'm the best singer or something stupid oh, like that. Well, that's not like X-Men at all. Well, they, well it's like a class. It's like, that's, Ban- <laughs> that's like Banshee. Banshee was the best singer. Oh. Exactly, mm. exactly. That's pretty good. And then, yeah, the, to get out, they have to solve a murder or something like that. I don't know. Colin, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I totally think, like, um, this is one that I love Phoenix Wright. I loved uh, Hotel Dusk mm-hmm. on the Nintendo DS. And, like, that game had very light gameplay. Like, it did have some puzzle solving, but it was mainly just, like, going through this, you know, sort of visual novel. So, um, you know, I think we should see more of this kind of thing in America. I'd like to. Well, yeah, especially, I mean, like, he's talking, you know, Colin always compares it that it's the mashup of Phoenix Wright meets Virtue's Last Reward. Mm. So one of those, yeah, you know, a narrative driven with this goofy subtext to it. Colin gave that an 8.5. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, uh, we gave a 9. That game is really impressive. It looks really cool. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I don't see it doing a whole lot of new platformer stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, did you figure out how to jump? I did figure out. I was out. there yesterday when you walked over and you go, Jose, how do I jump? There was, I hit every button. There's there no was, jumping. There was a problem with my controller. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, man. But with the Wii U? Really? <laughs> weird. But no, it's a I, poor I, it, craftsman that blames yeah. his tools. It, it looks really cool. Uh, like the Donkey Kong's fur has never looked better, I'm told. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, Can that be on the back of the box? Yeah. Yes. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the mechanics are, are, you know, there's, there's a little bit interesting spins on it. I don't know. It's not really grabbing me. It's not like, oh my god, I've never played anything like this before in a platformer. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is a game that got a nine. Jose loved it. There's other platformer fans in the office that love it, but then it is one that's getting some mixed. You know, other people are kind of like, yeah, it's very, very pretty and like kind of polished, but it feels, you know, it doesn't feel that like special. That's that's mm. the feedback that some people have is that it just feels like the same platformer that we've all played, you know, yeah. a lot of times. And um, the co-op don't really make no sense to me. Like yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> sure. It's, it's I mean, a little I, weird. I don't know how much I would like pick on a game for that because it's like just you know don't yeah, play it co-op. Yeah, don't and, play co-op. But sure. it does feel uh, you know more tacked on than in a game like Mario. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in the office are playing threes. Yeah. Yep. On their iPhone and iPad, myself included. I love that game. I can't beat Justin's score. Nope. Justin's. You a, can. Justin's is a three win. <laughs> can. What was your score? Uh, it's actually not. It's like ten or eleven thousand. Okay, I haven't beaten that. Yeah. Alex Solomita is actually the threes guy in the office. Uh, really? But he's like the dumbest one <laughs> of them. I mean, look, look at how fun the game looks. <laughs> uh, Damon, why don't you explain? You're always letting us talk on game <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, if you haven't played it, uh, I highly recommend it, first of all, if you're interested in a, a game for your iPhone, iPad. 
First of all, you can play. It's one of the few iPhone games you can play with one hand mm-hmm. uh, while you're commuting or on the bus or whatever. Or peeing. <laughs> or peeing. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the gist of it is, you know, you have uh, number tiles uh, on the on the board, and then you swipe either left, right, up, or down in order to combine numbers and multiples of threes, and that's it. Like you just try to create, you know, the highest numbers on the board before the board is full up, and you, there's no more room for new tiles. Right. So like ones and twos will come in from the four corners, and you can combine them into a three, and then yeah. two threes make a six. Two sixes make a 12, and so on. And uh, it reminds me of, do you remember when everybody in the office was like obsessed with Triple Town? Yeah. So it's a totally different puzzle mechanic, but it's similar in the sense that you have this board filling up, yeah. and then you need to combine things in order to free up space. Exactly. And so threes is very similar. Like, it starts out easy combining threes and sixes, but once you have like a 192, then it's like it's really, really hard to like position another one yeah. there to combine it together. It's great. Right. And like, I, like one of the things that's, that's the craziest about this game is like if you're playing it with the sound off, you're just missing out on an incredible amount of detail that doesn't really, really matter. Yeah. But it it they they somehow managed to give numbers like numbered cards personality. Yeah. Like, like that was something I played probably my first, you know, eight or nine rounds with the sound off, and I turned it on. It's like holy crap! There's all the, all this all this stuff going on and here. The numbers are going hello. Yeah. Like they're 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 kind of adorable. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll do things like. When two numbers get next to each other that can combine and make a new number, they get like a little excited. They're yeah. Like, oh, hey! Like, mm-hmm. try to get these two forty-eights together and combine them. And I even like even if you try to s- swipe in a direction where you can't go anymore, sometimes the cards will be like, nope. Yep. Yeah. Or they're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really cute. Yeah, and and they manage to avoid being repetitive too because they've they've got like multiple recordings of each each you know variation yeah. on on each yeah. kind of a little emote they have. It's really really well done. And the music is good too. It's like this French. Uh, like French cafe accordion music, it's mm-hmm. it's and it's that, that level and, of polish is way higher than it needed to be. Oh yeah, for sure. it's amazing, isn't it? Wasn't it made by one of the uh, artists on Ridiculous Fishing, or the artist maybe? Yeah, it's another one of these. We've seen more and more iOS games that come from like indie supergroups. I guess you could mm-hmm. almost call them. Where uh, it's one of the guys that made a great puzzle game called Puzzle Juice, and then uh, uh, another guy that worked on Ridiculous Fishing, and the music guy has done you know other other good music as well. Yeah. So Dan, this game is great. Everybody's playing it, but IGN hasn't reviewed it. It's it's actually really hard to review puzzle games. Yeah. Like and and because it's an iOS game, those those kind of live on in, in perpetuity. We're not we don't feel like super rushed to, to get to it. Okay. Um, but we we are working on one. Good. Like it's 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 really hard to, to describe these these games in a way that isn't just like here is what this game is. You know, you you have to kind of break down what it does that's that's good and that takes some work. Threes is the first game I played on my phone in probably over a year that's made me, I haven't actually missed my bus stop yet, but I've been <laughs> that close to missing my bus stop because I'm like so absorbed in, when you get, it, it starts out super easy and fast, you know, like swipe, 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 just really quickly, but then you really need to like think hard about like the optimal move when you get later in the game, and I look up and I'm like, oh, I'm at 3rd Street, and I have to like run off the bus real fast. You, you gotta start playing like three or four moves ahead <laughs> or you lose miserably like I do. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a great sort of difficulty curve. Fun fact, Justin and I used the same bus stop. <laughs> wow. Finally, <laughs> The Last of Us Left Behind also got a nine this month. And is apparently really good. It is. You play it yet? I haven't. I haven't played it yet. It's, it's, it's about the rapture, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. This is the Kurt Cameron tie and we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Will you spoil the whole thing for us? Sure. No, don't so, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the tough part about it. Is like, uh, obviously, what makes it awesome and really cool is all the stuff you don't know about and don't want to know about, right? Like, it's more of the narrative-driven focus we were looking for. Um, and some of the, the way it ties into the core game is really interesting. You know what I mean? Like, beforehand, they were like, oh, it's a prequel. And everybody's like, oh, cool, can I play it? And like, no, 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 play it before you play the real game. Play yeah. the real game, play this. And it's like, okay, I guess whatever. But then the way they 
interact between Ellie and Riley, right? The whole their whole uh, dynamic of two girls exploring this abandoned mall, obviously that's been run over, and the stuff they do there, and the way they comment on what you know popular society would have been like back there, and like, they're finding all these. It's their stuff is very much just walking around, being girls, and talking to each other, being reunited after a long time apart. It's very interesting. And like Collins, one of Collins' main criticisms of it, uh, you know, he still he obviously really loved it. Yeah. But one of his main criticism criticisms of it was that he didn't think it needed the combat. Right. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like, the, like, you know, we always talk about this, like, why do game designers and developers always want to make their final battle so tough so that your final remembrance of this game is F this game? Or just, like, different and terrible than all yeah. the other battles right. in the game. Like, yeah. all the Uncharted games. <laughs> oh, you want to he drank blue Seth. That made perfect <laughs> sense. No, that was the thing for me. Like, the one thing I had about it is, like, the very end combat sequence is super annoying. Uh, at least it yeah. was for me. It was one. I mean, granted, it's gonna be like three tries, but it's one of those like I finally. D- oh god, this is still going on. Oh, and now you die like a cheap way, or you just get ambushed. Like, come yeah, on. That is a frequent. I don't know why it happens so often that I'm not sure why game developers are so like blind to it. Like Bioshock Infinite has a terrible final. Yeah, it, you're yeah, talking yeah. about the, the Bioshock. The original Bioshock has yeah. just an awful final boss. Yep, that's true. That's a, yeah, it's a, that's like a legendary yeah, bad more, boss fight. You wish more developers, right? Were this is the tale we're telling, this is how it goes, and this is how it ends. You have to worry about it. Even the, the Last of Us main campaign, in the run-up to like the literal, the last like real chunk of gameplay you have, was so annoying. And so, I can't believe I'm doing this. And it's just frustrating when you get through a great game like that, and you find this one thing. It's like, oh my god, I want to kill myself. Uh, and one, one other thing that, that uh, Left Behind does... I did. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing that Left Behind does, and we saw a little bit of it there in the, in the, in the footage up there, was that... Uh, it pits the the infected and the humans mm. against mm. each other more. Yeah. So like in, when you play mm. through the original uh, the original Last of Us, you, like you never you never really see them fighting. Mm-hmm. It's always you versus one or the other. This is uh, you drawing yeah. them into fighting each this other. This is the tutorial right here of Ellie walking into this area where she finds some clickers, and then all of a sudden, bad you know regular bad guys people walk up, and she's able to turn them on each other. That, that's pretty clever. Like I'm, I'm actually disappointed they didn't do that in the right. In the when you do that, you're like, oh yeah, that's. I never playing through, you know, the disc, the story of the Last of Us. I was never like, oh, that's weird. That never happens. You don't think about it. But when they added it here, you're like, oh, that is great to throw a bottle, have mm. the guys react to it, run to it, and then also the you know clickers and monsters run to it as well. Yeah, like any, anything that can add combat variety to a game, I think, is a is a fantastic thing because yeah. usually you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again, and like something like that can really break it up and make you think of it in a different way. Yeah, this is the one game add-on. That's up for Game of the Month. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Maybe that's not <laughs> as interesting as I thought. <laughs> Why is it interesting to you, Damon? Oh, I just uh, I, I guess, you know, I was saying I haven't played it yet, but I guess it's significant enough. It's, it feels oh, big so enough too. to yeah, they could. I mean, games. it's one of those, if they could have, they could easily have released that, I think, as like a standalone. But, you know, like you just download it and play it rather yeah. than have to have the disc. And Almost it. like Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. <laughs> yeah. Jumping the gun there a little bit. Uh. Don't put up that B-roll yet. <laughs> Put up a B-roll of your daughter, Ransky. <laughs> Go ahead, I dare you. I know it's wait, you're waiting. All right, so those are the games, the, uh, what, the six games that are up for uh, Game of the Month this yep. month. The, the editorial staff will be playing them over the weekend, considering them carefully, and then the award will be given out when? Uh, next week? When, next Friday? Or? Yeah, next Friday. Okay, which will be March something. Yeah, March 7th, I think. Yeah. Sounds right. This is great. March is awesome. I can't wait to get to March. You think Mar- March is gonna yeah, March yeah. is gonna be phenomenal? Are you drop crazy? it on us. Drop yeah. it on us. This will all be chump change. We won't be talking about no. Dang, no, yeah, I said drop it on us. What, what's oh, coming sorry. in March? Uh, yeah, Metal I know Gear. there's Titanfall. Yeah, yeah I mean, think of it this way: you got South Park next week. Yeah, yeah. Titanfall the week after that. Yeah. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. And then the other one, uh, Infamous Second Son. Oh yeah. 
Exactly. There's rumors, like a long time ago, I guess, when they announced Minecraft for PS4, they said March. So some people are still holding. I oh, hope God, that that's happening. I'll believe when I see it. Dark Souls 2. Yeah. March is huge. Yeah. March is awesome. Well, before we get to March. March. <laughs> Hold on. March. 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 <laughs> I've been overruled. There's actually a lot of games that came out this month in February that just didn't make much of a splash. Yeah, there were games that we thought, you know, when we were planning Game of the Month, or just coverage in general that we thought would be big deals that then weren't. I mean, we got the second episode of Wolf Among Us, which is very good. Yeah. yeah sure. like, you know. so, like, Marty loves, loves that series. It's, yeah. it's uh, and, you know, he, he, uh, he thought this, this episode was, you know, almost as good as the first. Um, I loved episode one. The gap between one and two made me decide I'm gonna wait till they're all out, and then I'm yeah. gonna wait oh, well, okay. the Bold choice. Out. That's actually yeah. what I'm doing with both this and and uh, Walking Dead. Uh, Walking yeah, Dead I'm, yeah. I'm sleeping on Walking Dead for that same reason. No, just, I can't you may have to wait for the entire year, right? Like they're kind of slow about it. Yeah, Telltale keeps saying they're gonna be better now. Mm-hmm. They keep saying they, they're like, you know, it was the holiday, the new year got dropped in the middle there, which kind of screwed things up yeah. for them. But they are, they're claiming they're gonna be on a better structure this going forward. I mean, I don't hear, uh, you know, maybe it's just because I decided to wait uh, to play it, but I don't hear as many people talking about The Wolf Among Us as a game like Walking Dead. And if you're not playing it, man, you totally should be. Wolf Among Us episode one was so good. Yes. But you just said they should wait. Hmm? No, I'm saying I'm (laughs) waiting. Other people can do what they want, but for me, I don't want to wait. I just want to experience it, you know, all in like one evening or a couple evenings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fable Anniversary came out this month. I don't, nobody's talking about that game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Fable, you know. it's, It's something that, you know, everybody's already experienced. So yeah, it's, it's so. not, and the, like the upgrade is is visual primarily. It's got like the lost chapter stuff in there. It's not it's not something that anybody was really like, oh my god, I need to go play Fable again. Yeah, um, a wise man once said, "Old game is old." <laughs> so you don't need to worry about all these anniversaries and re-releases. That said, if you hadn't played it, like this is the way to do it. Like don't bust off, don't bust out an old original Xbox or you know even necessarily play it on PC because the PC version uh, still has the old textures and everything. This mm-hmm. is the way to do it. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare is out now. Yep. Just came out this week. Today? No, no today Wednesday. Sorry, yesterday. I've missed a day in my week. So I've <laughs> we gave it a 7.8. Yep. We liked uh, Brian liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't hear people talking about it. Well, I played it last night for a bit. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> See you later. It's one of those games that, that does a lot of things really well. Like, and look at, look at the, the, the models of these, of these characters. Like that was something I just did not expect when I heard they were going to do uh, a shooter based on Plants vs. Zombies. It's really charming. Where, you just the, level, the level of the level of detail. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's amazing the the the, the quality of these of these character models and the maps are are very pretty too. And the 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 uh, one of the things Brian really liked about it was how how well they adapted the ideas of these characters to a shooter. Like to me, it's still kind of absurd that you've got plants running around, <laughs> like, like just just kind of absurd, but. Uh, yeah, and the, and the zombies. <laughs> I guess I'd never even actually thought about that until right. this moment. And the and the zombies, which in the in the, the you know original Plants vs Zombies games are very slow moving, and now they're all everybody's running around. It's it yeah. it, it it makes no sense, but it's very pretty and it is a very competently made shooter. They've got some good ideas in there. You know, it'll it'll kind of remain to be seen like how how they develop it. Um, you know, if if it has any real staying power, mm-hmm. probably probably not. Like it's it's a it's a <laughs> Well, no, I mean, no, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you that I don't think it's a game that's going to find an install base and a really hardcore following. And no, it's something right now that's out and distracting people on their Xbox One. Wait, is it is it full price? You know, I don't know. I think it's thirty bucks. Yeah, I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit value bargain price. Yeah, it's either thirty or forty. I'd almost like them to see. I'd like to see them go more in that direction. This strikes me as a game that could have gotten the Team Fortress Two treatment. Mm-hmm. It's like if this were freemium, like a really high end 
free-to-play Xbox shooter where, like, you get your console, you can download this for free, then, you, you know, maybe half the classes are behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or whatever. Well, that's not what Team Fortress does. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> but, you know, I don't... I guess it could sell zombie hats. Um, or just some sort of freemium system that doesn't actually affect the gameplay. As long as you're not, like, buying power-ups. Then well, I think you know, this is something that could have a lot of staying power. They have launched without uh, any kind of microtransactions, but they mm-hmm. will add them. Uh, and, and the way they, they seem to be moving towards doing that is something very similar to the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, mm-hmm. which was actually very, very well done. Yeah, sure. And like that, that's one where I, where I didn't feel like I was buying power, and I actually never put any money into it at all, but if I, if I had, I wouldn't feel like I was buying power, just buying access to things a little faster. That, like, I, I actually really like that, that uh, kind of bonus pack feel you get when you, when, you know, it's like the feeling of opening a foil pack of cards, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get. Sure, like Hearthstone, like, yeah, I like or whatever it. game. Yeah, like, Madden Ultimate Team. Yeah, Madden and Ultimate Team. Like, going back to Magic the Gathering and whatever mm-hmm. else, it's like, you, you get that pack, you, there's that little suspense of opening it, like, what do I get? It's like, oh, it's, I'm going to get lucky this time. Oh, I didn't get lucky this time. I'll go, go try again. You know, it's kind of kind of has that little gambling urge to it. I mean, a yeah. game that's multiplayer focused like that, or exclusively multiplayer, is only as good as the community of people playing it. And mm-hmm. so that's why free works so good in MMOs and shooters. Where in some genres, I don't think it's as interesting or as uh, fun. Very true. Final, or Lightning Returns Final Fantasy Thirteen came out, and well, I think a lot of us are experiencing Final Fantasy Thirteen fatigue. Marty thought the game was good. He gave it a seven. Yeah, I mean, he, good for he, Marty. He thought the the story was a was a big letdown. Yeah, uh, but he does like the combat quite a bit. Yep, I mean that's basically it. Incoherent story, world design, the whole game. It sounds very very so so. Except the battle system is supposed to be so good. Yeah. So it's like if that's why you play RPGs, man. Like this is probably right up your alley. But Dan, you reviewed Thief. Yeah, it yeah, I did. stole your heart. <laughs> oh! Yeah, it, 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 uh, it, I, I detected it trying to steal my heart. No, it just stole your time. <laughs> and, then, and then stabbed it in the stabbed it in the face. Mm. You um, gave you gave Thief a six point eight. Yeah, I mean, it's it is like like a, a six to six point nine means it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it does it does some real dumb stuff. Uh, the, the story yes. is not worth your time. The uh, the level design is iffy. Like some some of the levels are pretty good. Most of them are very bland and samey. Uh, it it does uh, actually like the the stealth mechanic itself is actually pretty well done. Yeah. Um, like I I didn't feel like I was I was like the guys would unfairly spot me. The the guards move with you know the predictability that you have to have in a stealth game. Like it's it's actually pretty funny hearing people complain about about the AI in a stealth game like this because if the AI were smart, everyone would hate it. Because it would, <laughs> you don't you don't want an AI to, to find you all the time and it's act like really true. smart people. I mean, this is true in every video game. It's doubly true in stealth games, where like the AI is walking on this tightrope of like if they're too smart and relentless, then it's you're never gonna have any fun. Anytime you get spotted, is an instant reload. Yeah. But if they're too dumb, then it just feels like you're going through the motions, and that that's not fun either. Yeah. And that that said, this AI is not you know spectacular by any means. Like it, I did see it get caught on things, but. Sure. Um, I do. I, I agree with everything Dan's saying. I like if people are really hyped about this game and now they feel like they're not going to buy it. You should still consider giving it a shot. Um, I like the world building a lot. I mean, Dan's right that the actual story that you progress through in the game is not especially interesting, but 
the overarching story or like the the you know the city that you're in and this disease that uh, you know is affecting everybody and you know some of the different players in the game and locations i like that world building a lot and i'm really intrigued and fascinated by it well, um, i find it absolutely pales in comparison to everything dishonored did in that regard well i mean when you when sure. you describe it that way it sounds like dishonored right yeah yeah i mean they're very similar for sure greg and you some time to too i'm not yeah. saying it's a great game but i uh, you know i if someone told me that they enjoyed it a lot i would understand there's, there's actually one other thing there's, there's one other <laughs> thing Justin's I wrong out. don't listen <laughs> to justin davis one other one other thing he i want to point waste out. his money <laughs> the, the one other thing I want to point out is that the, the central city hub that you have to run back and forth across to, to reach your objectives is a total disaster. It's yeah. awful. Like it, it's, Everything looks the same, so it's hard to find your way around, even with the mini-map. Uh, it looks like you can go through some areas you can't, uh, and then you just get frustrated and have to go around. And the, probably the worst thing about it is the load time. That's what like, I was going to bring will, up as well. Right. So you, you, you'll, like, Jimmy, open a window. Oh, there's an apartment here. I'll go and wait. There's just a bathtub and one gold piece. i got to go back. I'm loading in and out yeah. of this? What the hell is going on? The load, load times time. are so long that it discourages you won't want to explore yeah. the yep. areas. Yep. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, like, I, if I go in there, maybe I'll find something, but I'll have to sit through, like, a full minute of loading time to get in and out. The game also has some weird technical issues besides the load times. Um, I, it just feels clunky. It feels clunky, yeah. and it doesn't feel like you know the super smoothed edges of like a AAA game. Right? Well, for me, yeah, it's like I put in my PS4, and like the cutscenes are running poorly. Oh, like the so load bad. times are terrible. Then for me, I was telling Dan, like my big thing was like I'm going through, and I'm trying to be stealthy, not get yeah. caught. And like I'd go into a room that Jimmy open, come into these like rooms, and I'd hear people talking. Right. And I'm like, all right, right around the corner, there's somebody. And I'd go around the corner, and nobody was there, and there was no door out of the place, just the window I came in. And I'm on the second story, so. People on the ground are speaking on the ground, and it's coming up to the second story into the room. It's like what in is some area that's not in the same loaded yeah, area that yeah. you're in. Crystal clear. They sound yeah. like they're right next to you. It's like what is going there's, on? There's technical issues like that that definitely, you know, if the game were better, maybe it wouldn't detract from them as right. much as it does. But it does just sort of drag down the overall fun that you're going to have. And, and and there is there are performance issues performance issues on all four consoles that it's on, um, which. It, it's not that big a deal, like for the gameplay experience, because it is a very slow-paced game. Like you're not probably going to get screwed up by by a drop frame here or there. But it's annoying and it's ugly and it doesn't. It, it's really surprising on a on a you know new high-end console. I don't find the controls intuitive either. It, it takes a little getting used to. I do. I, I didn't dislike it as much as you two. I, do I didn't. Lo- I didn't dislike it. <laughs> you, said, you said it was okay, bordering on good. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it, it, there, there's enough in there that that like if they had just nailed if if it didn't have that that awful central city, good game. Mm. But it's not. See, I don't have the huge besides the loading. I don't mind the central city. I think it feels like a dirty, grimy, you know, relatively realistic place. And I well, like that you're like sort of above people. And I like those sort of conversations you can overhear. I like I like a lot of the game's ideas, and then I find the execution yeah. so so. Yeah, I agree with that. Castlevania: Lords of Shadow Two, also out this month. That's getting kind of savaged yeah. by pretty much everybody. Yeah, that's that, that's that's just a shame. <laughs> that's a maybe shame. they can get back to more traditional Castlevania games. I don't know because I, I, I know like Colin really wanted to love this game. He loved the first one. Yeah, yeah. And, and like it just it just moved so far away from everything he wanted it to be or everything that he loved yeah. about the first one. And you know, like I can I can sympathize with developers wanting to to try something different and not remake the same game over and over again. But it, it lacked the atmosphere that he likes from from the the previous ones that impressed him so much. There, uh, it's, it has stealth sequences that he he just absolutely hates. Yeah, some of the worst <laughs> worst stealth sequences in video gaming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that like that's like Thief has some pretty good stealth. This not so much. <laughs> no. 
bad story, bad characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the combat is totally fine, but it, it is derivative. Like it's not really doing anything original there either. Yeah, Colin equates it to, to God of War. Yep. Which I mean, God of War combat's great, but it's still like that can't save a game when the rest of it's not mm-hmm. working. Finally, Rambo the video game. Oh, <laughs> came out this month. IGN gave it a three. I can't believe that game. Like I saw out of three. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it's an on rails. It's like like what you would see at the arcade or at yeah. the movie theater, the arcade game. I don't even think I've seen this. Yeah, this looks so bad. He's just gunning down cops on rails. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the game Wait, is. Wait, why is he killing cops? Are they? He's bad a bad cops? guy. He's oh. a Rambo. He, that's in the, in the first Rambo. He's like trying to escape sure. the local the local cops. I mean, is that, that what this is? It's not just him mercilessly gunning down every cop oh. in his way. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> anyway, I just I saw an ad for this game at Gamescom like God, I don't know, like three years ago. I didn't think it would ever actually come out. Yeah, yep. and now yep. they proved you wrong. Just yeah. to get just to get your crop, <laughs> <laughs> just to spite me. Anyway, this game is out now for 360 and PS3. If you wanna, it's on PC as well. Oh, okay. well, there you go. It makes me want to play Time Crisis. <laughs> makes me want that genre to never come back. What? Just stay away. Time Crisis. So we're all agreed. Dag and Rapa, <laughs> where where the kids are trying to kill someone. But I don't remember how that factors into the They're Phoenix trying, Wright gameplay. I thought they were trying not to be killed by somebody. No, I think that they get to leave if they kill somebody without getting caught. Mm. But I understand still then how it becomes an attorney thing. I'm saving it. I want a platinum persona this year. I'm trying to <laughs> focus on that. I don't have time for another. You got priorities. I know. Anyway, that was February in a nutshell of gaming. Sucked. How would March we rate? Be so much better. How would we rate the month of February for gaming? Is it is it a, is is it a six point eight? Is it okay? <laughs> Uh, I give it a flat a seven. Flat, it's good then. Yeah, it was good. You you went through a lot of great games there. Bravely Default alone, right? Everybody loves. Yeah, thousands of hours of gameplay. Yeah, and for, for my personal seven. interest, uh, actually, probably probably it would be around a six point eight. I mean, like there are there are a, a few good games, but there wasn't there wasn't really a bright shiny spot in this month. Like Banished, I like. Yeah. Uh, like I, I had stuff to play. Like it's not a game where it's like, oh my god, what am I got? A month where I'm gonna say, oh my god, I've got nothing to play. This is a terrible mm-hmm. month. But it's not. I was not showered with riches. I, I wouldn't say, yeah, February is a good month for gaming. Again, I stand with Dan. High five. See, like the best game I played this month is coming out next month. So it's like, well, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I think you should have a T-shirt made that says, I stand with Dan. Yeah. I will from now on. I'll be your VP. All right. Uh, all right. So Greg, you're really excited about March. Yeah, for gaming. March can be the let's bomb. Talk, let's talk about a game that's coming out in March. Metal Gear Solid Five, Ground Zeroes. You're a big Metal Gear fan. Yeah, taking a day off for this one. Can't wait. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gra- so, Life stops when Ground Zeroes arrives. Yeah. Greg is gonna grind up those zeros and snort them. Yeah. <laughs> they say the game's only two hours long. I'm gonna make it 24 hours. I'm gonna play that game 12 times. <laughs> yeah. I'm anxious to see what's happening with Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. Let me put this out there first. Okay. But. Surely you can agree that the, just the whole concept of Metal Gear Solid V Ground Zeroes is confusing. It's the way that it strange. locks, it goes to Phantom Pain? Like yeah, the way they've the, broken up Metal Gear yeah. Solid V into the Metal Gear Solid V experience. Yeah, yes, the first bizarre. is a two-hour game that they wanted to ask, that they're asking 40 bucks for, and now they just lowered the price for the next-gen. Sure, well, they've gotten so much flat right? it's for just it. Like, it's, just, it's just confusing to me. Yeah. From, from what I hear, though, it's not actually just like two hours and you're done. No, no, there's a whole bunch of extra... It's, you yeah. know, you're in this open-world-esque yeah. base where you're going around. So it's like, you know, uh, Ryan Scott tweeted about how, and so did Mitch, actually, how much this game is like Peace Walker. 
and how for Peace Walker, if you didn't play it, there's a main story campaign, but as you progress, you unlock you know, outer ops and s secondary ops to go through that can be target practice or just VIP missions and going through and doing these different things. You can replay the mission that you did for the story to get a better score. That's what I'm expecting out of this. I'm expecting it to be, the story itself is two hours long, however it's been quoted at, but when you get out there, there's going to be different reasons to replay missions or different reasons to go off on these little side missions. I don't know but how much weird? juice you're going to get out of the orange. But is it weird that they're releasing this first uh, to retail, for thirty bucks. No. What what are what are Konami's other huge money making <laughs> franchises? So that they just need it. That's I would think so. Wouldn't <laughs> That's you? That's my question. Wouldn't you? Everything they do is underperforming. I don't understand. Well, the, yeah, I haven't got. They just released Castlevania: Lords of Shadow. Sure, but even before that, I mean, it's just one of those things where I think they they look at the bottom line and they're like. And Fendipane isn't doing as well as we wanted it to. Fendipane doesn't have a release date yet. Right. right. That's so it's like, well, we don't know when this is going to be done. Can we put something out? Exactly, exactly. So do you think, I've heard the PR answer. Do you think that's the true, the true no one's giving me a true What's real answer? What's the PR answer? The PR answer is that oh, we want to make an experience? No, the answer is why does this exist? I'm so confused about why that's Ground Zeroes is a thing that exists. Like, it's just crazy to me. Like, has there ever been anything like this? No, but I'm asking for the viewers at home, what's the PR answer? What does PR say oh, to that question? Uh, you know, because it's going to, because the world of Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain is such a huge, new, strange, open world that this is going to bridge the gap between Peace Walker mm, and Metal mm. Gear Solid Five, okay. and it's this product and that has said that, that and orients them in that world. You know, it's going to take some time to finish Phantom Pain. He wants to get something out there sooner. Yeah, and, but I, but I mean, like, what worries me about what you just said, Justin, whether or what they said, what you paraphrase them saying, sure. is that does that mean in order to play? Metal Gear Solid Five. Right. I need to play this. I yeah. can so, buy two things. I have so in order many for this questions. Like, what happens if you don't play this and jump right into Five? Right. Are you going to be lost then? Like, yeah. I think that, that stands for any 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 Metal Gear game, but pretty much most. Not nah, actually. Screw that. No, any <laughs> Metal Gear game. This is what I'm always talking about when we you do, do the PlayStation Three list, right? The top twenty five we do at IGN. Mm -hmm. Historically, we've kept Metal Gear Solid Four <laughs> off that list. It got a ten. I was the secondary opinion on it. Jeff Haynes reviewed it, but I was the one saying, "Yup." I love Metal Gear Solid. This is a 10. It is. A Metal Gear Solid 4 is a 10 to Metal Gear Solid fans. If you are just, hey, I just bought a PS3. I've never played a Metal Gear. Don't, do not play Metal Gear Solid 4. Go read an entire novel about Metal Gear. Then you're ready to play 4. Otherwise, you don't get any of the references. Yeah. I think the people, a lot of people slept on Peace Walker as much as I beat that PSP drum. And I think they're going to come in being like, I don't understand what's happening. And like Greg Miller's favorite game of all time. Favorite game of the generation. Favorite game of all time. Lock. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. So, so clearly I'm stoked. Metal Gear Solid well, I think, next gen. I think the game looks awesome. Yeah, Every time sure. I see it, like I totally want to play it. I do yeah. agree with that. I'm, I'm just confused. You know, there's me complaining about this as a product, like as a business decision, and then it's like a as a as a game. game. I think as a game, it looks super cool. I'm just yeah. Yeah. weirded out by why it exists. I think it's a completely. I think it's totally bizarre. I think the rollout plan has been bizarre. I forget yeah. who on Twitter pointed it out yesterday, but it was like. Konami's official press release can't com can't comes out, and the subject line on it is Konami leaks Metal Gear yeah. Solid. You're like, no, you don't leak your own information to the press to that's everyone in an official press release. That's not how it so works. The thought that I did have after we sort of decided this was going to be a topic for Game Scoop was. Uh, it's, it's almost like DLC that comes out before the game. A lot of people, yeah, a couple of people were saying that, yeah. And so once I sort of thought about it that way, it sort of oriented me in a different headspace, where like Left Behind comes out, you get a little chunk of gameplay after a video game, and it tells a little different side story. And this is like that, but it's before the game. And I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know that that's like smart, it makes a lot of sense, but at least I sort of, it orients me in the right headspace to get what this is now. It's one of the, I mean, sadly, we probably will never know all the behind closed doors how this came to be. But yeah, we always talk about, you know, you know, okay, 
Sony Santa Monica just laid off a whole bunch of people. Yep. Last week, Irrational laid off a bunch of people. There are real business concerns to making games. So I, how long has, could you, has assumably he's been working on this since uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, right? They started that Fox engine that they've been showing forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever. That's years and years of development time, millions of dollars. They need to get a return on it somehow. So that's what, I mean, like, I, I totally believe it's a mixture of, they're like, you have to put something out. And he's like, okay, like, this is what we can do. I, I'd imagine you look at it right, it strikes me as the tanker from Metal Gear Solid 2, where, sure. you know, you played a snake and then it gets destroyed, you come back and you ride and there's that big reveal, but that was one game broken into two parts. Even Metal Gear Solid 3, right? You start off, you go off, you do your thing, then there's, like, the nuclear explosion and everything, then the game starts proper, like, it's real story. This strikes me as probably designed to be the same way. Like, I mean, what do you think is going to happen at the end of this? If you've seen the Phantom Pain trailer, spoiler alert, he's going to get... F yeah, up, he gets messed he's up gonna w- he wakes up in the hospital. Wake up in a, yeah, some veteran's hospital and there's going to be goddamn spirit whale for no reason. I don't know. But like, <laughs> Remember when they announced that? How confusing yeah, that was? totally. Well, and that's the other thing. Yeah. This has been the most confusing campaign Kojima reveal of all time. Kojima. Yeah, exactly, right? Do you think that they lowered the price? It was going to be $40 and they announced uh, the, so, on Next Gen. But it's so confusing. The right. retail, the Next Gen retail version was going to be $40. $10 right. more than everything else. So they lowered that to it. So it, I think they're all thirty dollars. So now. it's thirty dollars, but digital was always going to be thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you think? Why do you think they did that? Backlash. I think the fact that it came out and everyone was super vocal. I mean, like we're not the only people saying this is a confusing campaign to begin with. The fact that it was too expensive, a lot of people were saying, and then the fact that, like, trust me, they wanted to keep the two-hour thing hidden as long as possible. Yeah. And it got out too early, probably. And it's twenty dollars on the current gen consoles, right? Digitally, I think. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Believe. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was thirty. No, isn't it? I thought it was. No one has any idea. Sure. <laughs> well, who, you don't buy it on current gen. I might have read that. It's all about this. current, current gen. No, well, yeah, last gen is dead. Last current gen is current <laughs> gen, and last gen is now gen. <laughs> on PS3 and 360, I thought the digital version was 20 bucks, but that might have been old info. I can check for you if you want. Yeah. Damn, I'll let me use the phone. <laughs> anyway, I am very excited to check it out. Yeah. It looks really You want to cool. take a day off with me? We can get two TVs, put them side by side, put headphones on? Greg, we can finish it on, on our lunch break, apparently. Did you take a two-hour lunch break? Yeah, we got it. <laughs> okay, today the console wars rage on between so many lives lost. PS4 <laughs> and Xbox 360 or Xbox One. The console wars are not a new thing, though. They've been raging almost as long as gaming has been a thing. Mm-hmm. Originally, the original console war was Sega versus Nintendo. Yeah, we all see who won that one. Pretty much in the '90s, because you know, in the, in the '80s there was the NES and the Master System, but there was just not really much of a war happening there. No. Greg was only like Greg and three other people had a master, master system. system no, I was mesmerized by this advertisement. I know. This is the best, I know. Well, so look, they gen- yeah. this is a Genesis commercial. They put Mario Kart in their commercial yeah. and made it look all clunky. They did the commercial that I saw was a kid playing a Game Boy, a black and white Game Boy, yeah. and he looks so bored and he's like, ugh. And then he picks up, he sees a dead squirrel on the ground. And he picks up a dead squirrel and he hits himself in the head and he starts like seeing in color. Then it's like, there's a better way to play video games in color. And then it's all these really fast, flashy Game Gear graphics. Yeah, Game Gear. <laughs> oh man, I had a Game Gear. Yeah, me too. Oh. So the console wars were crazy back then. Like they were, they were making fun of, they're like, if you like the Super Nintendo, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this is well. This is the commercial for the original NES. This is like when it was first released. Let's just make this the rest of GameScoop now. Watch the whole commercial. Yeah, Get the Bill Hartman Alley. The NHL one. <laughs> Extra games sold separately. So there's a, there's a, the reason why we're talking about this is uh, they announced this week Sony Pictures is gonna 
develop a movie based on the 90s console wars, Sega versus Nintendo. This is all uh, based on a, a novel that's coming up soon. It's not released yet. The novel it, it is, is called... It is kind of hilarious that it's Sony making this. <laughs> well, Sony Pictures. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, movie, the book is called Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and the Battle That Defined a Generation. It would get heated in the schoolyard. Oh, yeah. And, like, you would deny. You would, like, I had a Sega Genesis. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. So I had to do everything in my power to make those Super Nintendo games seem terrible. But I would <laughs> deny that, like, that's why I was doing it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, no, that game just looks like it's just bad, right? Like, yeah. the Genesis <laughs> is the right one. So, we, like, we know about this. You know, the, you talk about the battle in the schoolyard. We talk about the commercials. Yeah. That's the part that we all know about. But I think... The movie's going to focus on, it says it's focused on the small and scrappy Sega and the company's aspirations to take on Nintendo. I think this is going to be like, like backroom business dealing. It's going to be like Pirates of Silicon Valley. Exactly. Yeah, I know exactly. Like Michael Anthony Hall. I think this movie could, could be really fascinating. Yeah, totally. I'm sure there were all kinds of dirty tricks being played there just trying yeah, to right. outmaneuver the other guy. I read about, it actually wasn't, ironically, it was Sony when the PlayStation first started. E3 1995 was the, the PlayStation's big reveal. And some Sony dudes deflated the giant Sonic the Hedgehog that was outside of E3 that year. Nice. <laughs> it's being developed by Sony and a guy named Scott Rudin who developed The Social Network, mm-hmm. which was also a movie that when it was announced, I thought that sounded like they're making a movie about Facebook. That's going to be really boring. Can they, but get, I love can they get Trent Reznor? Can the they get Aaron Network. Sorkin to write this script? Yeah. Then I'm on board. Yeah, well, like, they, can get, <laughs> they can just use uh, yeah. 90s Nine Inch Nails albums for the, for the soundtrack. Uh, and then direct, directed and written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. So that's a good sign, too. Yeah. These guys are attached to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're also approached about writing an Uncharted movie. So, yeah. And that never happens, so we'll see. I think it sounds cool. Yeah, I'm totally down. I'm, I'm yeah, I'll watch it. This, this, this story is fascinating. Sega was so hungry. You know, like, they, the Master System just didn't make a splash at all. And they, like, so they, like, retreated and then, like, quietly, like... Plotted plotted and developed the Sega Genesis. And then back then, like, the consoles were, like, really different, and yeah. they were being marketed differently. It's not like now where, like, the PS3 and the 360 were pretty much yeah. very, very similar. They were, like, they were positioned very differently back then. Genesis was out quite a bit before the SNES, too. Yeah, it's true. Almost, I mean, almost two full years, I think. Yeah, and I mean, back, back then, they, these were pure gaming consoles. Like, they couldn't even play a CD, well, yeah. which didn't well, exist yeah. then. Didn't but, like, they, they had could no, I put a cassette tape in right. it? They had, they had no other function but to play games. These 90s commercials are so good. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the comic book ads. Like, when they'd be all, like, just freaking crazy-ass yeah. graphics and people and just faces. You mean, the, like, comic book commercials? Or? Yeah, like, on the back of oh, the yeah. comic book, you'd have the end of the thing when people could be like, whoa, freaking out playing whatever he's doing. <clears throat> Anyway, I'll see that movie. Should we go yeah. opening night? Yeah. Okay. Unless it conflicts with paranormal activity, then we gotta go. <laughs> That's true. We are gonna go see that Godzilla on opening night. Oh, yeah. That new Godzilla trailer is hot. It looks so good. Yeah. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Just like... Just like... Kaneshika! <laughs> Adidia! <laughs> he wrote it in all caps. Did. <laughs> or she. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sony Santa Monica suffered layoffs yesterday. Right. Our friend here, Kanishk, says Sony Santa Monica has been a very successful studio making blockbuster games like the God of War series, and it is owned by a corporate giant like Sony, but it has recently laid off a certain number of its employees. My question is, given the fact that even a hugely successful studio backed by a major company, cannot withstand just a single underperforming game like God of War Ascension, oh, Lord. <laughs> what possible incentive is there for truly gifted developers or designers to be a part of such an incredibly volatile industry? Do you guys think this uncertainty will drive away talent or prevent others to be, uh, uh, from being part of the gaming industry? Okay. 
So we're on the outside <laughs> yeah. of this whole thing. Yeah. We don't know what teams people were laid off from. We don't know exactly. It, it, I, it, it, we don't know if it was related to one underperforming God of War. There's mm-hmm. a lot of factors here that people take for granted. The rumor is that the studio is working on two projects, right. and then one of those two projects got canceled. Correct. Right. And that's, that's what caused these layoffs. Right. And, what, and whether that's a God of War game or not, who knows? Like it could have right. it could have been whatever they were working on. The, ran with into the Battlestar Galactica yeah. guy, they it, brought over Battlestar Galactica writer. He was Ron supposedly Moore. working on a project, yeah, a sci-fi project. Mm-hmm. You assume another God of War is in production, right. sure. And so you know, whichever one of those two projects, you know, we don't know. Maybe we'll find out more as time passes. But it's like you have these, from their perspective, it might seem like yeah, they're owned by Sony. They had these hit games, and even they're not safe. Like that's not really the way that it went. Like all these uh, personnel were allocated to this one project, and then that project went away. Yeah. And if there's, so it's no, like, well, there's no new project to move them to, right. therefore it, that goes away. Sure. And like you know, there, there's a bunch of stuff that is unrelated to the performance of a given game that, that where budgets shift around in a big company like that, and suddenly money goes away, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just don't, they have to make cuts. Yeah. A lot of those. Devel- you know, programmers, artists will be swooped up by other developers. Yep. Yeah, that's what I always talk about with you know layoffs in the video game industry. That sadly they are part of the process now, right? Teams ramp up their size to get ready to launch. They launch the game, keep some people for DLC, lay everybody off because they go into pre-production for the next one, mm-hmm. where a programmer might not be needed for quite some time. Yeah, you don't need animation when you're in a year of pre-production, exactly. for example. And so those people then get you know get on with a different project. When you talk to most developers these days, and you ask what have you worked on. They go through a litany of things mm-hmm. they've been down the road with, and it's it's kind of rare. You have to you do all these little projects here and there to work your way up to this one project you get on, where you're not even on the project. You're part of a company, and you're like you know overseeing what they're doing or helping other developers, animators. But is it a disincentive? Absolutely, it is. There's no there's a lack of stability. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know a lot of people are in this business because they they want to make games, and yeah. that's and they'll they'll suffer through that in order well, to do it. I also think if you have design talent or you know talent in you know whatever your discipline is, being on a big team like that you know I have friends that are on big teams that seem okay with it but it just seems like like what's your impact when you're one of 300 dudes making you know a God of War game or you know a thousand dudes making an Assassin's Creed game like what's your individual contribution like you're a human being that presumably has talent and you know these creative impulses and then you're texturing you know rocks in you know the next Uncharted for a year so maybe they you know Start their own studio and make the next Gone Home, right? Sure. That's why I definitely think these smaller team sizes are appealing from a development, at Mm -hmm. least from the standpoint of a developer. You know, it can be hard to make money at that too. But uh, a lot of those guys uh, will will that form those small companies are have have been through the the big development project mill and have picked up you know mm -hmm. a bunch of experience that has that allows them to do that. Go out with some like-minded friends and have. A team size small enough that everybody can make a meaningful contribution to the finished product. Yeah, and that's what that's what happened with Gone Home. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Kanishk also says, "Many thanks for such an entertaining show. You guys truly are the view of the gaming world." <laughs> mm. Kind of a compliment, I think. Yeah, we've been, that's, that's, what we, that's yeah. how we, we self-identify. That's or, a talk, is what I said. I should probably go home. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nate. Nate Ahern, mm-hmm. what's up? What's up with Microsoft? He says, uh, I'm going to call upon your expertise here, Dan. Ooh. He says, I, stand with Dan. I have that. I, I've never played a thief game, so maybe I'm way off here, but from footage I've seen of the new thief, it looks like pr- the protagonist is using a compound bow. Yet, <laughs> I thought he was going to say mascara. 
Yet it appears the game takes place in a Victorian era. Compound bows weren't invented until the 1960s. There's a bunch of stuff in this game that was not invented until way after. This game is not set in the real world. It's an alternate universe where they've got a bunch of electricity all over the place and these lights that you can't turn off. For some reason, you can't shoot these lights out with your bow with explosive arrows. Yeah, so that's that's plenty of problems. There's your answer. So answer, magic. Might have to suspend. They, yeah. they have magic in this game too. Maybe it's so. like a steampunk bow. Yeah, could be a steam-powered bow. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, one more question here. This is from Mark Clifford. It says, "Longtime watcher, first-time emailer. I'm concerned for Justin. <laughs> what? In the last game scoop, he looked very tired. Oh no. When he's up to his neck in baby stuff, can I come fill in on the panel for him? You guys look like good crack. I'm Irish. Crack means fun. No." Oh. <laughs> Thanks for, I'm glad he, he, he knew how, where that was going to go. Yeah. Damon, can you wear sick next time? It's February. It can't be that warm here. I think he means socks. I was just wearing short socks last time. I think okay. my ankles were showing. But Can you also you throw up on yourself? Should keep, in my mark, it has been really warm here, actually, in San Francisco. Yeah. It's raining today, which kind of sucks, but it has been very warm yeah. here recently. And he says, does Marty play pro basketball? His <laughs> shoes suggest he might and are very out of place within the rest of his outfit. I imagine IGN is a chore for him, and he longs to shoot hoops all day when he's stuck in the office. <laughs> I, I want to see Marty duck. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, he probably could. <laughs> He'd have to shave his beard. <laughs> so let's go back to your baby. It's coming. Yeah. How long before you quit IGN <laughs> to get a better paying job to take care of the baby? Because it took Ryan Geddes. No time at all. Two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even, so my first day at IGN was his last day at IGN. Yeah. And uh, he had just come back from his paternity leave. Yeah. So he, he let back, the company we were all pay excited. him to yeah, take yeah, his yeah. time Lots off, and he said, nah. It's a good move. Baller. He's a strategy gamer. Uh, <laughs> so it does give me some pause, because this is not a job that's super easy to have when you have a family. Yeah. It's a job that is kind of your whole life in a lot of ways, and it's just not that easy to do. But then there's some people that seem to do it with no problem. Steve Butts has you know, a couple kids, and he has no problem with it at all. I think that brings us to the end of another GameScoop. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Dan. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop.igen.com. My name is Damon, this is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.